In this episode of Talking Heads, Evan and I will be talking to Harry Mosley of Zoom. I want to ask you, what are you watching lately? Well, I, I, I'm kind of a binge watcher. So I go from binge watching one series to the next. And usually I'm about seven or eight years behind, which um, actually affords me the opportunity to um, watch 40 or 50 hours of television in a row, which is kind of how I roll. That is a real nice thing about, about the binge watching. Uh, you don't have to wait a week for this new episode to come out. And I, I did that with... Uh, Game of Thrones, and I waited till I think season four or whatever till I started watching it, and we watched all of the all of those back to back. And now I'm really frustrated because I'm stuck waiting for the new episodes. And it's, I, I'm- it is kind of like um, you know a drug uh, addiction. You know, you, you you do too many drugs over too long a time, and then you you know you you don't have it anymore, and you're you're feeling withdrawal symptoms. So. So, so how much of viewing these days is uh, broadcast or cable, satellite versus streaming services? Have you have you made the have you made the switch to mostly streaming at this point? It, it's all streaming. Uh, it's funny. Barry Diller had a quote I think yesterday. He said Hollywood is dead, and the implication is Netflix is one and streaming is one, and it's true. It's not just the the actual delivery. I mean, it's the content creation now is is dominated by these online players and they're the most interesting and creative content and fund most of these new projects. So which, which, uh, which services do you, do you spend your most time logged into? Oh, only all of them. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much a, an omnivore of online streaming. I like to uh, dabble in the, in the Hulus and the Amazons and the YouTubes. So I, I, I've got I've got several subscriptions myself, but uh, I don't know if you have a Roku device. I have one of everything, Dave. Okay, so I've, so I've got this Roku device, and I recently discovered the Roku channel, which is actually free. It has one of my all-time favorite shows, and it, and this has been really hard to find, but it has the original Adam West Batman's on the Roku channel. Okay, you're really dating yourself here. I I prefer to uh, focus on this century in terms of uh, television well you said you like to watch that you, you catch up on things it, it's unwatchable in my opinion that that old stuff is unwatchable so i'm on walking dead what a spectacular show how did i miss eight years of or eight seasons of uh, walking dead i mean this thing is is uh drama and uh, horror and excitement and what a storyline really really enjoying it so how far how far are, are you into it Season three, so no spoiler alerts, please. I don't want to hear who died, who lived, um, uh, or I'm going to chew your hands off like a zombie. <laughs> I actually scared myself the other night watching so much Walking Dead. Um, I'm most afraid of the dark. You know, it's really a, kind of got myself into a bit of a pickle here. Watching video doesn't have to be so dangerous, which uh, brings us to our our guest today. So let's go ahead and talk about more productive uses of video technology. Today we have with us Harry Mosley, the CIO at Zoom. Have you met Harry before, Evan? I have not. I'm excited to chat. Well, let's start chatting right now. Hello, Harry. How you doing? I'm good, Dave. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, did I pronounce your name right? Is it Mosley or Mosley? No, no, Mosley. You got it right. All right. It's so, a good Irish name. A good Irish. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you've been at Zoom as the CIO for almost a year now. 
And so my question to you to start things off is what do you wish you knew a year ago that you would that you know now? Oh, that's an excellent question. Um, so as I reflect on the year, uh, it's the whole year has been so like full of learning, learning about the product, learning about the people, learning about the company, learning about the space. Um, there's things that I, you know, sort of when I go back a year ago, there's certainly a set of things that I knew. Um, so what did I know before I joined Zoom? What I knew was that the, the, the nature of work was changing rather dramatically from a collaboration perspective. The need to be able to collaborate locally, nationally, and globally was dramatic and getting more significant all the time. So I knew that. I knew that um, back a year ago that uh, the platforms that were available for collaboration were challenging at best to be able to collaborate. Um, what I didn't know at the time uh, was um, things about millennials and Gen Z, which I now know. So, for example, um, millennials and Gen Z will be uh, two-thirds of the world's population by the middle of this year, which is about five billion people. So that's a data point. That's a fact that I didn't know. Uh, wouldn't it change my mind, but it's a fact. The second thing is um, I didn't really uh, understand how millennials and Gen Z communicate in today's world. And so let me explain that a little bit. So when you and I would talk about, Dave, when you and I would say we chat, we chat. So for us, chatting is to talk to each other, right? I see you nodding. That's good. I know it's a podcast, but it's like I do see you nodding on, on video. Um, when you talk to a millennial about chatting, they don't think of audio voice as chatting. They think of chat as, you know, sort of texting, messaging, iMessaging, WhatsApp, you know. Um, they, they think of it as a digital transmission of data from one device to another. That, is, that to them is chatting. Uh, and for them to have an audio experience with a friend or family member is is connected and that means that they connect and they connect on audio or they connect on video uh together and so uh, that's something i didn't know a year ago but those are the sorts of things which quite honestly wouldn't have wouldn't have phased me they're just sort of new things so harry the the definition of a ceo varies from company to company uh you know and i've heard the job d described as wonderful and amazing to uh to terrible so What's your definition of, of, of the CIO's role at Zoom? Sort of what consumes you on a, you know, week in, week out basis? And what, what sort of things do you focus on? Yeah, so my responsibilities at Zoom essentially fall into three buckets, if you will. So I'm responsible for security, corporate technology, and, um, and being the bridge, if you will, between our large enterprise clients and our product and uh, service organization. Uh, I probably spend about sort of, I don't know, changes on a week-to-week -week basis, but, you know, about a third to a half of my time on uh, our um, corporate technology and security and the balance of my time on enterprise clients. Um, do you consider yourself a, a typical CIO, which is very internally focused, or do you consider yourself a, 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 a mixture with a CTO role, kind of driving the technology platform as well? I see a little bit of both. I mean, get, look at my background, right? CIO for KPMG, CIO for 
the Blackstone Group, you know, co-CIO at Credit Suisse, CTO for UBS Americas, et cetera. So I've worked for very large enterprise organizations and I know what their expectations are. So, uh, but I also not, not just know what their expectations are from a product and service perspective. I also uh, understand the challenges and the pains that they have in terms of their needs for having an excellent um, uh, audio, video communications and collaboration platform. So I'm able to explain in terms that they understand um, you know, what our platform is all about and what makes us tick. Let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, you mentioned uh, KPMG. So tell me, tell me about the cultural differences between Zoom and KPMG. You know, sort of the scale and size. I mean, the IT organization, as an example, um, you know, sort of uh, at, at an organization like KPMG was, you know, is bigger than our than than Zoom as a company, which is, you know, sort of in, intellectually interesting. Um, so that's on one side. But when you think also like the clients that we support from a Zoom perspective, and the uh, and the nature of what we do relative to what, what my role was at KPMG, it's you know it's got sort of similarities, and let me explain that. So I, I used to think as the CIO at KPMG, I was the CEO of a technology company, and I had uh, KPMG and um, uh, professionals as my clients. Um, so from that perspective, I'm still servicing clients. I was servicing internal clients versus now servicing external clients, if you will. And so that's a, that's a, big, over, a big, big thing in common between the two roles. Um, the difference is that we are a software company. Um, so we're constantly innovating on our product, uh, introducing new features and new capabilities to the market. Uh, and that's driven by the customer, um, driven by our client. And that's a, you know, that's a difference between uh, Zoom and KPMG. When you think of sort of the one is a startup, that's Zoom. KPMG is, you know, um, is, a, is a, a, an enterprise that's been around for a very long time. The process of how we arrived at decisions is dramatically different. So we are CEO, founder-led. We have an executive team, um, and the uh, the cadence, if you will, of sort of uh, decision making uh, in the startup world is you know far is you know is rapid. It's probably the most most is the best way to explain it. Rapid by comparison to KPG because the you know sort of because of the you know, the startup mentality. And also because uh, uh, KPMG, you know, you have to think of the unintended consequences in an organization like KPMG. Did you guys use a lot of video at KPMG? Uh, we uh, we were starting to in the sort of in the rooms, and uh, they were uh, introducing uh, desktop video. Um, we were exploring that when I left. Yep. Because I know the folks at Zoom use video pretty heavily. That must have been a little bit of a culture shock. Well, for you me. know, I, I, how do you go from uh, quite a button-down organization like KPMG to this kind of wacky Silicon Valley startup? Were you a customer, or no? What no, what, no. what enticed you to? Uh, no, I wasn't. I wasn't a customer. I was uh, attracted by because you know, I did a startup in the early '80s. I was a uh, software startup uh, in a different different vertical than Zoom. Um, and so I was attracted by the startup mentality. 
Uh, I'm attracted by the software mentality. I was attracted by the speed and I was attracted by the space and the need. Um, and um, yeah, we, and uh, KPMG was much more of an audio environment. Um, and uh, I believe that's changing. Um, Old school. Uh, uh, you know, sort of, uh, you know, culture is a big part of an organization too. And, it, you know, changing culture is really hard. Um, uh, you know, a lot of, when I meet, uh, you know, as I said before, I meet a lot of enterprise clients. And, you know, a lot of enterprise clients talk about sort of the culture at their organization where we're not a video first culture. And they say, yet. Yeah. And, um I, you know, I, I fundamentally uh, believe that um, adopting video is really not hard. I mean, you take the three of us, right? I, I don't know, Dave, where you are, or Evan. I know Evan's in his car somewhere, but I don't know geographically where you are. We're, we're everywhere all the time. Yes, because you're on video. I know, like me. I always say, like, I'm on planet Earth. Um, you know, t uh, realistically, though, all joking aside, if the three of us could, you know, we probably would be happier coming into a meeting room and sort of like see each other face to face in a room, right? Because you could like physically shake hands. We could have a cup of coffee together. If it was a little later in the day, maybe we go and have a drink together afterwards. And that would be kind of nice, but it's not, but that's not always the case. Um, I, I challenge you on that. I, I think people are beginning to prefer video. You know, if I go into a meeting room, I've got to either bring my laptop or I've got to bring a pad of paper, and if I bring a pad of paper, I got to transpose my notes later. I can't hear everybody talking. I, you know, when I'm at my desk on a on a virtual meeting, I got the best seat in the house. I can control all these elements. And, and actually, I, I I take all my video calls from Irish pubs here in Boston, so I, I generally prefer video as a format. Allows me a, a degree of mobility. Yeah, well, you should use the virtual background, Evan. Everyone know you're in the pub. Uh, That's the point <laughs> of taking the call. So I, I actually like the old. Irish pub yeah, back. And also, if I say something you don't like, you can throw me off, right, Dave? That's right. Yeah, so, but putting all, all joking aside, I think that, you know, sort of one of the reasons that organizations uh, haven't adopted video in the past is for two principal reasons. One, reliability. If the reliability isn't there, you're just not going to use it. And two is the quality. If the quality is not there, then you're not going to use it. So it needs to be caught, it needs to have great quality and great reliability. And if both of those don't exist, you go back to a phone call. Now, what's fascinating to me is that video is kind of going through this um, rebirth. I mean, video is not new. It's been around for, I don't know, 20, 30 years in, in, in enterprise communications. And, and the barriers to video, which have been primarily cost and complexity, kind of fallen down maybe over the past five years. But I mean, co companies like Zoom are growing rapidly, uh, Cisco and, and um, in even Polycom and just, just about every vendor in the space seems to be going through some sort of growth capability. What do you think is causing all this growth to happen in video all of a sudden? Uh, yeah, I think that the, it's because of the ability to have the quality and the reliability and also the need to collaborate uh, and also because of the millennials that are entering the workforce. And, you know, we talked a moment about that, uh, talked a moment ago about that. I mean, how, how these millennials and these Gen Zs connect, they connect on video. They are not frightened to be on video. They are not inhibited to be on video. You take generations before that, how do I look on camera? Well, 
you're going to look the same on camera as you do when you're in a room. It's like, why would, why would you go into a conference room and you wouldn't have the camera on? So many people these days don't want to join on video. I was on a call with a couple of people a few weeks back where they didn't want to turn their camera on. And I said, why aren't you turning your camera on? They said, because we're not sharing any content. And I said, what's that got to do with the price of fish? Nothing. We're having a call and to see you is important. Why? Because I want to be able to see your reaction to things that I say. And, that, and that's why, you know, I love that phrase that Eric coined, you know, video is the new voice. It is. And when you look at sort of the uh, research that was done by uh, Almer Murabi, and I don't know if you guys have looked at that, and I know that there's different opinions on his research, but, you know, he, he sort of characterized communications into sort of three elements, words, tone, body language. Words count for 7%, tone counts for, I think, 38%, and, and body language counts for 55%. And it's true, because when I say something, my, uh, Dave, that you like, you probably, I can see you right now. You're nodding your head. Why? Because you agree with me. If I say something you don't like, then the body naturally will sort of shake your, your or you, you, won't, you won't smile. People, this is like natural reaction to things you like and things you agree with to nod and to smile. I don't things, smile in general, so um, there's a flaw I, in your logic there. Um, uh, that's okay. Well, we'll teach you how to smile. But, but you, you, interesting the term that you, you said, video is the new voice. And, and ironically, the most interesting thing to come out of Zoom in the past uh, few weeks, I guess it's actually been, is indeed uh, uh, Zoom voice. And so you've, you've launched uh, your own UCAS service. I know this is early days for the UCAS service. Uh, can you help explain the, the vision behind going, you know, going yeah, back to a hundred year old technology? Uh, why, why, why is that better? To, why does that make video better? Well, um, it's uh, not, not about making, you know, our video was always great and it is getting better. Um, uh, but this is about sort of um, uh, completing the whole uh, product suite around how we communicate because voice is not going to go away. And it's, uh, so whilst we fundamentally believe video is the new voice, and we see this in extremes at our, our large clients, how video meetings are just sort of um, growing at uh, incredible rates, but voice isn't going to go away. And so the, no, the notion that you can, you know, start on a voice call, you can elevate the voice into, you know, content sharing or into video, et cetera, um, that's... As a CIO, we've always dreamed, uh, I've always dreamed of this ability to be able to start a communication with a colleague or a client in one medium and then be able to um, uh, elevate it into uh, other mediums. Does that make sense, Dave? Absolutely. Are, are you getting any um, feedback or indicators that you're on the right track with uh, Zoom Voice? We see good traction. We see clients uh, taking on the platform and... Uh, so, uh, but it's, you know, it's very early days. One of my favorite, you know, aspects of Zoom is the usability of, of the service of the app. You know, it's just a better user experience, a better user interface. How does that work at Zoom? I mean, how did you guys develop such a great UI? And is, is, is that part of the ethos of, of the company? Do you have great designers? I mean, what's been the secret there? So one of the, you know, one of the, uh, when I was uh, uh, considering the opportunity and Zoom was considering me, one of the things I talked a lot to Eric about was the fact that, 
you know, A, we're a software company and B, we listen to our clients. So we are, you know, constantly talking to our clients, constantly getting feedback from our clients. And so on the things that they like and the things that we, that they feel we can improve upon and user experience is, you know, sort of paramount. Um, and, you know, when you, when you think back in time of, you know, sort of, you know, the, we, we, and I'm sure you did podcasts on this, the consumerization of technology, right? Um, I'm sure you must have done a podcast. And I can see you're nodding again. You're not smiling. Though. I saw a smile, but you ducked. Um, but we always talked about the, the, the consumerization of uh, technology. And uh, you, look, you look at the app market. It's like it has to, the apps have to be seamless. Why, you know, why do we use, you know, sort of uh, services like Uber and Lyft? Why? Because the user experience is trivial. It's simple. It just works. And, um, and so we're constantly getting the feedback and sort of tweaking that to make it easier and better. The consumerization of uh, technology is, is passe. You're not, you're not keeping current. Uh, if you watched closely the uh, CES show in January, uh, the Consumer Electronics Show in January, consumer technology is dead, boring. There's nothing interesting happening there. So, so now, now it's more about the uh, enterprise Asian of technology for consumers. I have to try. I have to try saying that ten times fast. It, it, it is a tough one. But along those lines, one of the things that did was interesting about the consumerization era, and Zoom is one of the uh, one of the success stories here, is the concept of freemium software. And it's still fairly rare. I mean, Zoom and Slack have been probably the biggest stars. Of, of this category, but you've, you've got, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know about your financial background, but you certainly worked with a lot of bean counters in most of your career. Have you, have you gone into Eric's office yet and told him he's got to quit this freemium thing? It's crazy. It's costing the company too much money and it's not going to work or, or where, where are you on this freemium? No, uh, I, think, I, I, I think that might be a CLM. So I'm not going to do that. Um, but I, I think the uh, I'm a big believer in the freemium model, uh, principally, you know, sort of, you know, in the space that I'm currently in. I think in the space that I was in, you know, KPMG or Blackstone. I think freemium. I don't I don't know how you do a free a freemium version in that environment. Um, but given where we are, absolutely, and I, you know, sort of as I sort of reflect on you know the, the last five or ten years, and I would I don't know how many how many people I've advised who have been, you know, sort of in the app space or building out apps or thought about apps, et cetera. You got to have a free version. I mean, I literally had a conversation with a friend of mine over the weekend about an app that he's thinking about building. You have to have a, in the consumer world, sorry, I'm back into the passe environment. But, uh, you know, strong, I'm a strong advocate for the, for the freemium version because it brings people in and you know it's like it's a it's a it's a low barrier to entry you can you know try it out you get a great experience you get you know great features you get great capabilities yes it's like you know on our free version you know after 40 minutes you know you're you're cut off but then you can you know rejoin right after that so so what is keeping you up at night? What what is uh what is on the CIO's mind that I mean you're you're a rapidly growing company, you're there's rumors that you may be going public soon. Uh what 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 kind of what keeps you up at night uh, as a CIO at a company like Zoom? I generally do sleep very well, I must admit. Um, or nothing. You just sleep like a baby every night. Sorry. I know all, all my friends and colleagues are probably <laughs> saying yeah, yeah, Harry's lying again. No, I'm not lying. It's like I actually do sleep very well. Um 
Uh, we have a terrific platform, reliability, uh, stability, um, uh, security posture. There's, you know, sort of there's not much to worry about there. Um, you know, uh, Eric is fantastic. Uh, he's a terrific leader. The company is, you know, sort of growing. I think growth is, you know, sort of, uh, which is a good thing. Um, doesn't keep me up at night, but I'm constantly trying to figure out how do I, how, how can I support the organization? How can I support my colleagues in the growth trajectory that we're on? High, high growth is a very is a very significant problem. I mean, it, it, you can't promote people quickly enough. If you hire if you hire too many people from the outside, then the culture changes. Yeah. it's a it's a challenging area. Yeah, and uh, and it's but it, you know, Dave, it's an awful lot of fun too. I mean, I, I must admit, in the last forty nine weeks, uh, I've never had so much fun at work. Well, that's because you worked at really boring companies. <laughs> no, they were great companies. I'm sorry. Uh, they were different. I agree. They were dramatically different. Uh, but, you know, sort of um, uh, when I reflect on my career, um, you know, sort of if I had to do it all over again, I, I, I would, you know, I'd be happy to do exactly this, to take exactly the same route I took. I, I'd, be very, I'd be very fortunate to work with brilliant people. Now, as an independent video company, you've managed to make friends with some pretty interesting or you know, alliances with some pretty interesting companies. Uh, uh, Slack comes to mind, and so does uh, Workplace uh, by Facebook. As you expand your portfolio, uh, like, so you've recently added uh, Zoom, Zoom Voice, is that going to be you know, a harder thing to navigate as, as you, or, or, or is that just not even a, not, not, not a concern yet? I don't think that's a, you know, and then also just, uh, we did, um, we announced our partnership with Atlassian and, uh, Dropbox. And, uh, we introduced the, uh, the Zoom marketplace, um, as well, uh, in October, which is, you know, sort of growing, growing quite nicely, uh, as well. I, I personally believe that we have arrived at a, visual first era that we've been talking about for decades. And, you know, you look at the space, you know, Microsoft with Teams and, and Cisco with WebEx and, and Zoom with Zoom Voice. Uh, we're, we're seeing this, the UC and the video story come together stronger than we've ever seen before. And it's really about this enabling video first. And, and this new, as we, as we embark on this new era, uh, and I know Zoom's working on this. I know uh, at all three vendors I just mentioned are working on it. You know, we're reinventing the whiteboard. We're reinventing recording. We're reinventing all these different things, uh, uh, the, the virtual green screens technology. And uh, just we're reinventing communications in such a rapid and rapid way. It's it's really kind of surprising. Yeah, and add, add, uh, add 5G and, and the the network implications for video in terms of latency and jitter, and you're going to have quite a revolution in, on your hands at Zoom. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, uh, I'm particularly looking forward to 5G. I think that's going to uh, really uh, be uh, um, uh, quite, quite a step up, the bandwidth, the speed, the reliability. I mean, it's just going to be awesome. Harry, what, what, uh, we like to wrap up these podcasts with a personal question about your, uh, uh, your next big purchase you're going to make and so this is a not zoom this is you what what is the next big thing that you are going to be splurging a lot of money on uh that you're looking forward to is it travel is it a product is it something else so my dream 
uh, is a convertible EV. So there are some of those coming out. They're not going to be Teslas, but uh, some of those are coming out. And so you're willing you're willing to trade the you're willing to trade the convertible feature for the for a different brand. I, I know. I, I, it's like I you know that is uh, that um, that is the quandary. It's like Maserati are coming out with the Alfieri, uh, which is going to be all electric, four wheel drive. Uh, 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 convertible and um, that's just going to be gorgeous. Okay, Evan, you heard it here. They are going to have an IPO. Okay, so, uh, I, so I didn't go anywhere near that. <laughs> we'll see you at Enter- Enterprise Connect. Hopefully, I assume you'll be there. I, I definitely am um, hooked up there. Very good. All right, guys, uh, terrific, and um, I really enjoyed the conversation this afternoon. Thank you. Thank you very much. All righty. You want some information? Some kind of. Bye.